Welcome to another episode of Recommended Daily Dose. I'm your co-host, Dr. Surit Sugar, joined by my esteemed colleague. You tell me. Uh, Dr. Clinton Coleman. Yeah, yeah. MD, nephrology extraordinaire. You're listening to Recommended Daily Dose with Drs. Clinton Coleman and Surit Sugar, the not-so-average health show with a unique spin on what's making headlines in healthcare. I'm really excited today, and I hope you are to have actually, believe it or not, my former resident. The first day I showed up to uh, residency, this so guy- somebody older than you? Someone older than me as possible. Wow. And someone wiser than me, wiser. which is hard to obviously, imagine. Obviously, obviously. But we are, now, though, but yeah. we, uh, we are very pleased to be joined uh, via telephone from beautiful Miami Beach, Florida, with Dr. Jason Shapiro of Tribeca Metastetics. He is not only a accomplished physician, uh, but he's also uh, a dear and great old friend and someone who I've known since I started my medical training. So Jason, welcome, welcome. to the show today, my man. Thank you, gentlemen. Greetings from Miami Beach. Uh, I'm imagining it's a little bit nicer weather down there than sunny New Jersey, or dirty jurors as we used to call it back in residency. For sure, man. <laughs> the only difference is here you have to wear Speedo at the beach, whereas in Jersey we'd wear board shorts. Board shorts, that's right. Now, how'd you make it down to Miami? Absolutely. No, I... I, I, I Hope you guys make it down sometime over the winter. It's, we have six months of gorgeous sunshine, no, no clouds. But how did you make it down, bro? How did you make it down? Because let's, let's start from the beginning here. You are, and actually, he's had an interesting story. He actually, you went to school in Boston, and uh, you went to med school in Israel. Is that right? Correct, correct. Went to med school in Israel. There's uh, three or four American programs in, in Israel. I went to one of them. Right. And uh, came back and got into a program in New Jersey. At St. Michael's Medical Center, where I had just an incredible three years of uh, internal medicine training. Yeah, Newark is no joke, as we say, in terms of medical training. We saw, because I was there with you, the whole gamut of infectious disease and everything else, right? So we had incredible internal medicine training, but uh, what made you escape uh, Drury, New Jersey, so to speak, and make it down to sunny Miami? What, what is it about medicine? What was going on to have you do what you do now, which is really more in cosmetics and, and uh integrative and preventive medicine and even concierge medicine, which is what we want to talk about today. So, you know, I, I think the biggest driving factor, you know, when we finished our training, we started working locally in New Jersey, both of us, you yeah. and I, and, uh, you know, I noticed that, uh, you know, it, it was, it was tough to, you know, you work so hard, right? you know, and just the, the bottom line was there, you know, the, the revenue being generated just didn't, didn't uh, equal the amount of hours spent taking care of patients. And you're chasing uh, insurance companies for reimbursement. Uh, it was it just didn't make sense to me, you know. And uh, I started learning about uh, different types of very simple, easy to do procedures that were based on a fee for service type of business model. Right. For example, like injectables like Botox or hyaluronic acid fillers like Juvederm that were very simple to learn and to reproduce great results every time, and patients were very happy. And it really helped to sort of cushion, uh, you know, coming out of training financially. And uh, I did one procedure, perfected, then another one, then another two, another four. And then I noticed that, you know, hey, I had a, a group of different procedures under my belt that right. I think I'd be able to market pretty well. And, and that was sort of, you know, the big sort of uh, impetus to break away from, you know, inpatient internal medicine. Right. To call back then. Before it was called hospitalist, it was inpatient. Sure. And and uh, I'm from South Florida, so you know I thought it was a good opportunity for me to come home and you know be closer to family down here. 
So I guess it was a combination of like lifestyle choices, but also you mentioned the demand, right? So I didn't really, I, mean, I took a look at your website. I didn't realize it was so much like aesthetic types of procedures that people are really interested in. What, what kind of things that you, do you do now, like as part of your practice? So, uh, you know, it started off being strictly aesthetic with very little internal medicine. And then there's been this movement, as you guys will know, into, you know, it's really preventive medicine, something that I know the three of us never learned right. in med school or, or, in, or in training, residency or, or fellowships for you guys. Um, the concept of preventive medicine doesn't exist. Nutrition doesn't exist. Didn't exist. And uh, it, that has sort of become, you know, front and center in terms of, like, uh, taking care of patients. And we found a way to create a fee-for-service model where we take a functional medicine or preventative medicine approach to treating all these metabolic illnesses, you know, issues that deal with inflammation or, you know, uh, metabolic syndrome, uh, you know, hypertension, uh, you know, uh, dyslipidemia, all those things that are sort of in that same, you know, grab bag of, you know, metabolic disorders. And uh, we're able to provide uh, medical care in a way that, gives the patients a lot of access to me. All right. So, I mean, so, and when you say a lot of care, so I mean, I'm assuming you have like a comprehensive team. So it's not just a physician. You have nutritionists, you have dietitians, you have, like, what does your team look like? You have nurse practitioners. What is the whole team there over there in so, South Beach? Uh, you know, uh, it starts with, uh, you know, front desk, which we spend a lot of time, you know, really educating these girls um, about medicine for people that are laymen. Right. These girls have like, this tremendous basic knowledge. It's not just to answer the phone. They have some level of understanding of, nature of the diseases of the patients we take care of and but you know the real core team uh it's it's a, a medical assistant it's a nurse practitioner who's my wife and you're, rec- uh, you're recently married i believe if i remember correctly so yes, congratulations yes, congratulations thank you very much yeah better late than ever you know but uh <laughs> it's, it's, uh, the second best decision i ever made after med school so um yeah so it's it's the two of us and uh, you know I, I work with a couple of other surgeons who Use our center, uh, the, the plastic surgeons, sort of like a like a age management lifestyle medicine approach to taking care of uh, you know a lot of the illnesses of where patients would go to the primary care doctor, pay a copay, wait hours, right? You know, it's unpleasant. You know, it, it's stressful. You have two minutes of doctor's time, or or you're dealing with maybe like a nurse practitioner who may not have the experience of of a, of a physician. In this case, uh, you know, there's more of a premium you have to pay. However, when you leave my office, you really understand what's going on. Uh, you have access to our office mobile phone, which we take home every night. You have my email, which I, I explain to the patients the reasons why we're doing the different things and what the blood work means. I really spend a lot of time with the patient. So um, I find that, they, you know, it, it's to them, they see value in it and right. they appreciate it. And it, it's amazing how much of a transformation these people take. Yeah, you know, um, it's a lot of fun, I gotta tell you. Like taking these people, you know, with BMIs that are like 32, 34, hypertensive, pre-metabolic syndrome, all that stuff, and slowly over the course of six, nine, 12 months, you know, um, you know, balancing them, whether it's with like testosterone or even like growth hormone peptides, uh, you know, and actually, uh, Clinton uh, suffers from low T, so maybe we can talk about that. I'm just joking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but did you did you find it difficult transitioning from the more of the insurance model to the more fee for service? Because you know, I think medicine is one of the only like industries where you have that insurance as a middleman. As a middleman, right? And patients don't understand the cost involved, and when 
you know, if they had the option of actually paying for a service or a concierge service, they'd probably balk it, at it. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's definitely so uh, agreed. Uh, you know, initially it was, you know, if you, it's one step at a time, really, and it's a slow transition, you know. Um, and uh, it's also, uh, you know, the key to success for, for growing your this type of practice is patient selection. You know, you need to know who you're going after. Uh, I happen to live in an area where there are people very health conscious. Right. Um, and it, there, there's a, like a young energy to Miami Beach. There's this uh, renaissance happening in terms of um, migration of different communities from South America and even Europe and even Mexico that, uh, to Miami, downtown Miami, Brickell, Miami Beach, right. Niles, and uh, these are people that are young, um, relatively young, young, you know, meaning like under seven years old, vibrant, and, and they want to, you know, get healthy. And uh, we provide a platform for them to get that done relatively quickly with easy access to the doctor and pretty much, I'm not saying guaranteeing results, but, you know, you know we demand results. You know, I, I don't have patients that you know, sort of like flounder around. I think the reason is because of my access to them. I'm, you know, I'm emailing my patients. It sounds like, it sounds like they're motivated to get healthy and they at the same time are demanding uh, more immediate care and more immediate response, which is why their doctor's motivated too. Right. right? So I mean, that's a perfect mix, especially in a place like Miami. When when you're saying you have health conscious as well, let's be honest, uh, appearance conscious as well. So a whole your practice, I think, specifically, which develops, um, and maybe you can expand upon what is medical aesthetics as well as integrative and functional medicine is a, probably a perfect mix down there. Yeah, and, and I think the grab bag term that we use here is lifestyle medicine. You know, oh, lifestyle and, you medicine, know, right. That's pretty much like the way to describe, you know, Miami. And, and it's not for everyone. And also, it's not for every doctor. I mean, you need to be able to... You know, it's not just enough to swipe, a, have patients swipe a credit card and then, like, you know, you're done. You need to perform. You need to um, be present. When they reach out, you need to get back to them right away. Right. And, you know, and, and it's how I respond to these patients is a lot different than how I used to respond to patients when I was working, you know, doing traditional internal medicine. So I just didn't have the time. You just didn't have the time back then. You know, you're hurrying to get through everything, making sure that you're billing correctly, and then it's the issue of, uh, you know, um, chasing insurance companies, it's like you just don't have time. It's crazy. Yeah, so you're essentially cutting out the middleman. And, I mean, this whole idea of direct primary care and concierge medicine is a big one we've touched upon before. But getting to medical aesthetics, tell me a little bit, because, you know, um, in the past, if I would asked you, hey, I, hey, Jason, I got some dark circles on my eyes, you would just tell me to put cucumbers and just take a nap. Done. But, I mean, but, uh, done, right? But I'm guessing. Is that true? Four hours. Does that work? Cucumbers, a mango, ma- mango uh, mud mask, and that's really, that's all, you know, man. stay hydrated. That's, that's- but I'm guessing, <laughs> I'm guessing you learned a so thing or two. Organic, that's how we do it. <laughs> Just go to Whole Foods and you're good. No, but I'm guessing since yeah, our remember. residency days that you've learned a thing or two. So tell me a little bit. Tell us a little bit about uh, what kind of uh, procedures you have, and you know more of the medical related procedures, and also what these procedures are that someone who is not a surgeon, right? That that's the interesting part is that yeah. you have a surgeons yeah. there that come to your med spa and your your surgical suite to do procedures, but you're doing this as an internal medicine physician, Correct. yeah. Yeah, no, and, and, and what people don't understand is you don't have to be derm or plastic to do these procedures. Right. Plastic surgeon wants to operate. They don't want to sit here and, and, and waste their time with, like, injectables. Right. They go to school for that. There's, in fact, there's no school for that. It's just after, after training, you know, uh, courses and 
you know, seminars. That's right. pretty much what's available. It's not, it's not integrated in part of any type of formal education. Formal education, and right. Dermatologists, you know, a dermatologist's job is to, you know, diagnose disease of the skin and treat it. You know, we're not talking about uh, that when it comes to aesthetics. Aesthetics is a, a, a very interesting field where any physician or, I guess, nurse practitioner or physician assistant, I don't know what the rules are in each state, but any clinician right. uh, with the right training uh, can create fantastic results um, for, for these patients, you know. And it's easy to do. Botox, for example, is, is the number one most popular procedure done globally. Is that right, globally? Globally, yeah. And how long does each procedure last? Because, you know, you see some people walking around, I guess probably not in the hands of a gifted practitioner who perhaps have had a little too much Botox, you know, like uh, their right. eyes are reaching for the skies, so to speak. So Exactly. <laughs> it's a bit like a... Right, right, but what are the different, you know, I mean, I've even heard of Botox, for instance, things like to prevent hyperhidrosis, uh, you know, like people who have excess sweating. So what, like, or migraines. What, or migraines, right? So it's actually migraines. very fascinating where Botox can be utilized not just for cosmetics, but for other medical ailments. So for example, so oh, you, you can't see me, but I'm, I'm pretty aesthetically pleasing to the eye. You know, your I, nose, course, I, I just want to say, your nose is a little Wait, 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 we're not going to nitpick. Oh, but, come on. You know, I've been referred to as like a, a god, like Adonis. So oh, what would, so I really don't know what actually is going on with men and aesthetics. What, what are the men getting nowadays? I'm really fascinated by this. Besides the cucumbers. No, honestly, I'm, I'm like, uh, dead serious. <laughs> De- definitely, um, like, um, like uh, Botox is, is something that's become much more popular, you know, in the male, male uh, patient. So uh, it's no longer the bo- stereotypical Botox Tupperware parties. You're saying it's uh, men are getting it for what, though, specifically? For laugh, for, sure. for laugh lines? For what? Well, remember, feet? remember when manscaping used to be, like, that taboo? Same concept. So now, is... we, now we have Scrotox, actually. Scrotox. Oh, I've heard everything now. <laughs> <laughs> so you want the wrinkles out. <laughs> you want... Whatever you got to do, man, you know. Just have you done you that? Take it till you make it. Take, Take it till you make it. it. Have, have you done that? That's mon- Seriously? That's a mantra for today. No, I mean, that, that, it takes some, you know, Stugats to do something like that. Stugats. No pun Stugats. <laughs> but, um, I, like, I like how you brought the jersey back in with the Stugats. Nice work. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, also the boat on Sopranos, by the way. Um, <laughs> Uh, just so you know, okay. Absolutely. But the, but Botox <laughs> they're getting. Are they still getting the oh, yeah, implants with the calves? Remember that? Remember uh, yeah, that fat? Have seen that. Um, but I'd say like the most popular for sure, Botox, and we're seeing men starting to get uh, dermal fillers for cheek bone enhancement to make themselves look more youthful. As you get older, we see like mid face volume of fat starting to decrease, and the face tends to drop, creating the jowling. Oh, the jowling! And, right, that's the worst. You know. And you know, you know, there's you know, there's there's age-related jowling. There's you know, HIV-associated lipoatrophy. Dr. Sugger, you know. Yeah, that was actually a big on. one back in our training days when we used some of the older meds, the protease inhibitors. Thankfully, that lipodystrophy, right, where they had like the buffalo hump and central obesity and peripheral wasting. So maybe right. basically, you would kind of be fat in the middle and then skin in the outside. And Jason Crazy. and I, Dr. Shapiro Crazy. and I, saw plenty of HIV in our training. Um, which, yeah. by the way, was the old days. So Coleman's a few years younger than us. So. He had the privilege of training with the 80-hour work weeks, and I'll tell the med students oh today that that, that no no, 80, exactly right. I did the 80-hour work. No, no you graduated before. No, I did. No, Because no? I'll have students today telling me, "What is your cap on the amount of consults or admissions you do we a had day?" No cap. And I, that, that's what I tell them. I mean, this is the yeah. old days. We trained in the days of giants. Our right? call was 24 yeah. hours. You round 24. You're lucky. We would have and then 30 you leave plus after that. 30 plus. You know what? I even had a resident once, I forget his name, that one time he was at the beach in the Hamptons uh-huh. and rounded uh, via telephone. 
uh, while I was, we, we would used to run the. I can't remember the name. I think he said uh, resident. I, I, I think he's in Miami Beach these days. But, okay. Um, yeah, we, we yeah, can't yeah. mention his name. But but he I, gave I me he gave me the greatest gift I ever had, which is the gift of independence. You know, <laughs> right. and that's who that the man that I am today is related to the, this kind of the thing. Gift of self reliance. Gift self reliance. That's right. And I so appreciate you know I totally have that golden tan thanks to you, sir. So <laughs> you lucked out when you got me as an intern. Come on, second year you you had to, you could relax. You know I did all the work. Oh, it was great, man. And we've been buddies ever since. It's, I'm telling you, like residency was just a wonderful, awesome experience. Like just for some reason, our group, those those two three years, like just some fantastic guys. Yeah, I always tell people it's like the wor- it's the best time you never necessarily want to ever do again. But uh, the amount of medicine that you learn, the amount of training, the amount of personal growth. Oh. Is incredible. Is incredible. But yeah, it's just wonderful. We've yeah. both gone different career paths, but I mean, a, there's a lot of overlap and there's a lot of you know things that are complementary to each other. So I think it's so great that you're here today, man. I have to say it's it's really exciting for me personally, and then us, yeah. you know, professionally to have you on. But I still want to hear more. No. If we're not going to talk about the the procedure downtown, like what about this yeah. uh, cool sculpting? Uh, tell me a little bit about that. That sounds. I've had okay, multiple so people tell me, "Gee, I got uh, stubborn belly fat. You know, I work out. I don't want to have um, invasive." Like surgical procedure to remove the fat. What is cool sculpting? So uh, you know, cool sculpting uh, is a non-invasive way to uh, reduce the amount of fat just below the skin. But it's not a very aggressive approach to sculpting your body. I mean, you can't. There's no other way to sculpt aside from just actual liposuction. I, I can't stress that enough. You know. Uh, but I think the average person is probably not really looking to sculpt themselves from stone, right? They just say, hey, I want to remove some of this stubborn. But the problem is it, it's marketed as, like, sculpt. the name implies that it actually can but what is sculpt it? you. You are actually heating up uh, fat cells, right? Is that what it is, actually, and, then, and, then, and killing them or, or, or melting them away? Or what, is it, what is the actual the physiology? What is the medical way of, of that, the yeah. way it works? You know what? Uh, for us, you know, um, we, we had uh, someone who was interested in bringing in cool sculpting. Right. Into, into our practice. Uh, but I just felt that it was, uh, you know, so expensive. Oh, okay. Is that right? So the amount of improvement that you know, I decided not to actually oh, okay. That's interesting. come into our office um, just because, you know, we so, have physicians or surgeons here that do such a great job with. with traditional liposuction. Oh, that's interesting. So actually, it's not something you offer uh, now or necessarily are behind. Um, correct. Correct. So that how, but, uh, how do you get? No, but, but I'll tell you what well, you know what we do offer, which is incredible. There's What's a that? product called Kybella, which is it's a, a new FDA approved um, fat reduction product. It's basically deoxycholic acid, and it is designed to permanently remove fat through lipolysis. So um, explain that for the general public there, what lipolysis means, or even so, me. For uh, that matter. Yeah, this is a, a procedure where you're injecting this medication that disrupts the cell membrane of the fat cells. Mm. causing the fat cells to, to die, you know, and as you guys know, fat doesn't regenerate. And uh, this is actually bought by Allergan, the maker of Botox, for God knows how much money. Right. Because they feel that this may be the big game changer for body sculpting. Like, Botox was a big game changer for facial rejuvenation. Right. So, the idea is you take Kybella, and in in it's a, it's a, it's a uh, injectable medication, and you inject it directly into the hypodermis or the fat just under the skin. It causes an immediate inflammatory response. Uh, and over the course of like weeks, uh, those fat cells start to lice and break apart and die. And that causes the fat 
to be, uh, you know, just washed away in the lymphatic system. And then we start to notice a decrease in, in, in the, the volume behind the skin. Mm. And, and it's pretty, it's amazing, actually. It was initially uh, intended to be used just underneath the chin, the double chin, or, you know, fancy word is the submentum. And it's incredible. I mean, I actually didn't believe it till I was the first patient. And, uh, it and was, this is done by you or this is done by a surgeon? Who is a, who no, is no, no, it's, it's done by uh, um, anybody, actually. A surgeon, is that right? Non-surgeon. It's very ah, so, so the recovery time is quick then, I'm assuming. Super quick. The procedure takes 8 to 10 minutes to do. It's like doing Botox. And is it a one-time so, procedure or are you multiple no. sessions? So it uh, depends on how much fat you need to um, have reduced and what's your goal. But typically, two to three treatments... Is, is is what we're seeing um, space like six to eight weeks apart. You know, so we're noticing the best results. And it's an interesting procedure because it's very easy to do. There is zero downtime. You could be in and out of the office in 30 minutes with some swelling. You don't need to wear any type of garment. There is no risk of um, infection or, you know, minimal risk of bruising, you know, right. uh, and obviously all the, the dangers that come with liposuction if not done correctly. I mean, people die with that procedure. You know, the difference between liposuction and Kybella, which is like injecting this product into fat, right. the liposuction is an immediate dramatic change right away, right? Uh, so that, so basically uh, Coleman can go from looking like himself to me, like over lunch. You're saying no, yeah. we're not talking about fat transfer. <laughs> we're not injecting fat. We're talking about losing weight. Exactly. Listen, listen. During, they, during said, residency, uh, both Jason and I, uh, to cope with the stress, had for about two, three months this issue. We're eating butterfingers, um, and yeah, then we both it. gained some weight. You know that usually you say freshman fifteen in college. We had the internship 40. twenty, internship forty. We had the freshman forty. We had the internship I mean, forty, I, residency forty. If so, I even knew about fentanyl back then, I think we wouldn't have had a problem. Oh, that wasn't even available to us. Uh, <laughs> But thank God uh, we uh, since we've given up the Butterfingers uh, at least two decades ago and uh, yeah, doing man. our best to stay in shape. But so for Kale and Kimo, you for sure, man. I, I'm watching you with the triathlons and like it's unbelievable. Uh, like, but you know, ha- now I, you know, I, <laughs> what's that? No, have you know though? We uh, you can check out our previous episode oh, where boy. we had a oh, trainer. Boy. We both worked out with this high intense trainer. Um, okay. we, he, he took, w- we took a survey. Yeah. You want to know what numbers are? So 82% of the listeners believe that actually performed better, which is not true, actually. We it's both did well, but it was just the aesthetics. The issue was Coleman showed up in Lululemon uh, wear for men. I had tights and on. And that was, you know, falsely uh, illusion, misleading. misleading in terms of well, how athletic you might look. But like I said before, and I, just I, I just showed up with an old shirt. I look athletic. Yeah, you, oh, maybe. Well, yeah, these young doctors, man, you know, they, they, it's like a different look. Like we're old school, me and uh, Serge. That's right. That's right. Sports, so. sports, you know, uh, there's no manscaping, nothing. Strip gorilla. That's, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> that's, true. that's right. Maybe some uh, nair for men. That's it. You know, around the back. That's what <laughs> exactly. What are the procedures that the like guys are, like weird procedures that that guys are getting? Like, okay, are they so doing like the butt great, lifts and? Great question. Um, so uh, we see a lot of very interesting consultations in our office. Uh, I, would like to, I think we'd like to hear about some of those, you know, specifically. Yeah, I, yeah. so, I want to uh, do the butt lift. I want to have, like, the Kim Kardashian. Can you do that for me? So, I want to be the yeah, first one actually, walking I, around I with that. But there's two guys I work with that do. You know, but I have to tell you, that procedure is very dangerous. You know, there's yeah. been a, a spike in, in deaths related to um, mm. fat embolus. Oh, fat. Oh, get fat. Right, right. So just so yeah. the listeners out there, emboli is where you actually get uh, fat uh, getting into the blood vasculature and then causing 
problems in your heart and your lungs. So uh, there is there is a risk of that. I, actually, I think I remember a couple of high profile cases of um, maybe some non licensed practitioners doing this and having very uh, uh, bad and even fatal results. Um, I mean, it, it's scary, man. I mean, uh, it, it happened. One just happened uh, two and a half months ago. Uh, the surgeon who um, has one of these like chop shop centers where it's like four or five operating rooms, right? Very low cost plastic surgery where the surgical techs are from like South America. Maybe they're doctors mm. there and they're helping with the procedure. And you know, it's like for these guys, it's like a volume kind of situation where. Yeah, maybe the price point should be eight, nine thousand dollars. We're probably charging like three thousand dollars. You know, this is actually interesting because we see Same. as an ID doctor, right? I'll see. We live obviously in the uh, tri-state area, and we have uh, a lot of international airports. We see a fair amount of people going down to uh, South and Central America for uh, medical tourism. Wow. And for people who don't know, that means wow. it means they they might say, "Well, I can go to the United States and get a procedure for you know X amount. I can go somewhere else and for Super. half the price, right?" right. But uh, inadvertently, I see at least one or two per month um, of complications where people come back, not even with infectious complications, but very what we call multi-drug resistance, so things like uh, organisms, wow. so things like ESBL, MRSA, wow. and people who are otherwise healthy. And in fact, so much now that when some people come from certain countries, and actually they're correlated with the countries that have very that overuse antibiotics, I automatically wow. put them on very aggressive antibiotics because I've been burns before. For these patients, wow. you think they have a simple staph and strep, it ends up being like an ESBL, which is a very resistant, as you know, bacteria, MRSA, a VRE. So, so my question to you is that, uh, one, do you have people doing medical tourism? Because Miami, obviously, is location coming from Central and South America. And then what are your thoughts about people who may be contemplating, for whatever reason, uh, a cosmetic procedure, but say, you know what, I can go to Colombia, I can go to Brazil, I can go to DR, even India, and pay half the price and, you know, uh, maybe have the same results? I mean, do you have people that maybe are asking those questions? So, so great question. Uh, we see a lot of those patients who've gone there and they've had bad results and they're coming to our office for revisions to fix right. the issues that were done. Right. We see a lot of that. It's crazy. Um, so my advice to people interested in any type of cosmetic surgical procedure, number one, do your research. Research the physician. You can also look up to see if the, the physician has a history of malpractice lawsuits, um, problems with patients that had bad results. Right. It's not hard to do. You can contact, you know, the state medical board. Right. And this is information that is available to patients. I always encourage patients. This to is that. free, publicly, uh, public available information, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you just have to, you know, inquire, and the state will provide that within a very short period of time. So, number one, research your patient, number, uh, your doctor. Number two, see the before and afters. Okay. Um, understand, you know, and ask him how many of these cases he's done right. and, and do make sure you're doing that in the consultation, you know, and if he's sort of, or if he or she, the physician is sort of, you know, um, avoiding the question, you know, that should be a red flag to you that, Hey, maybe this may not be the right surgeon for you. Uh, you know, and also, uh, ask, speak to, uh, other patients who've had this procedure done with the doctor. Well, this is what we offer all our patients. Look us up. Right. Look at you know. Look at our reviews. Uh, look, call the state medical board. You know, our center is quad ASF certified. That makes you know that implies what? we have the highest safety protocol in, um, for an operating room right. in a private center, not associated with a hospital. You know, it's expensive for us, but it sets us apart from the masses. And and you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's, it, it's you're taking care of patients. So you know, uh, patients really need to understand. You know, the, the limitations of, of the procedure and the limitations of the physician, their experience, 
and don't make decisions um, based on, on the on, price. Of the on price. Shoes. I mean, obviously, yeah. whether you're doing uh, cosmetic medicine, elective med- uh, procedures, or whatever, uh, everyone, we understand, uh, cost is a consideration. But if you're doing something electively, you're saying it may not be worth it. To, what I find is that some of these patients, they come back and they have no um, follow-up with the surgeon. You know, they, there was a surgeon in another country who did a procedure and they Crazy. said, see you later, sure. right? And I've had patients come back with uh, a pickle on their arm and said, well, he just told me to take some antibiotics or told me, Well, their first you know, interaction might have been the procedure. That, they probably that, didn't have any... Well, sometimes know, it's the first pre- and last, yeah. which is, I think, is why it's important to have a comprehensive uh, team approach is what you have. You mentioned calling your office. Like where, what's your information? Like, where could people find you in terms of your... Web address, social media, things like that. So you know, I, uh, from you know, in terms of very easy, superficial search, we tell our patients to Google us, right. Google, read the reviews, the good and the bad ones. Go to Yelp. Yelp is huge in South Florida. You right. know, uh, in consumer culture in South Florida, Yelp is is, is massive, and, and and that should give you a good idea of you know, from a from a from like a drive by estimate perspective of you know how the practice is running, if there are issues, a lot of drama. You know, if the, the most reviews are, you know, normal and, and well-written and, and thought, you know, like a couple paragraphs, you know, you can see that these are from real patients, not just, hey, doctor is great, you know, go see him, you know, times 30 reviews like that. Right. So, you know, you want you, know, you get a good sense of, you know, um, how well the practice is doing in terms of the relationship with the patients. That's the easiest thing to do. But I encourage patients to actually contact the, 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 the medical board, you know, the, the state medical board, and to really dig deeper a little bit and understand, hey, you know, this doctor actually has no issues whatsoever. Right. In a good standing. There's no, I mean, that's something that you need to do these days, you know, uh, which is, I think, good because, you know, if you're doing the right thing, you have nothing to hide because there's so many other physicians that are cutting corners. And you know what? I get it. You know, the reimbursement is not like it used to be. So I understand the incentive for doctors to try and cut corners to try and make ends meet better than they did years ago because it was very easy as a physician to to come out of school, come out of residency, start working, right. up your your loans, and you know you're you're off the races. It's not like that these days. Right. It's it's unfortunately. So that's sort of the deal. I think the uh, trend is patients are getting more you know cognizant of who are they seeing. Like informed, right? And informed yeah, too, right? Yeah. So, sure. you know, we, we do it in every other aspect of our lives. So when I'm, it takes me like a week to buy a, some electronics as I'm reviewing it, I'm testing it out. Um, I'm not sure that that patient and surveys and reviews are the answer. But a lot of people re- rely for, on them. I mean, even right. up here. Uh, for physicians, know, Zoc, Doc, but I think things. just being informed sure. is actually important. So, yeah, yeah. So what, but, what's, uh, the, what's no, the future I mean, of your, your practice? No, no, sorry. What, what's, what's the future look like for your practice? Where do you see oh, uh, this aesthetics and medicine going? So, uh, you know, I, I'm really excited to see functional medicine starting to become it, it, the biggest growing part of our practice, which brings me back to my right. training in internal medicine and taking more of a preventive medicine approach, which is essentially functional medicine. It's fun, man. You know, it's fun to do something that you're trained in where patients appreciate you and they're able to actually show results, you know, and I'm able to have that doctor-patient relationship that I never really thought would be possible when I came out of training because, you know, it just, it didn't exist, 
you know, because you have to see so many patients. Yeah, you're. I mean, it's literally like 14 minutes or 10, let's say 12 to 14 minutes per patient yeah. if you're lucky. And even now I saw a yeah. stat for every one minute, and believe me, patients should understand this. No doctor wants to be, they want to spend time with you. They, but the reality is for every one minute you're spending with a patient, you're spending maybe double, so two to three minutes even, documenting, you know, or yeah, doing prior authorization. So whether it's paperwork, you know, and, and uh, you know, I've had some patients say, gee, doc, why is your back towards me? Because I'm busy typing into a computer. You know, I oftentimes think uh, back to uh, even with my father, you know, more traditional internal medicine, outpatient, inpatient, you know, you would spend an hour with a patient, you know, and you would see yeah. way less patients, but you wouldn't, uh, you'd be reimbursed adequately. And you could really just focus on the doctor-patient relationship, which is, I mean, I think I'll still tell you is why almost every physician gets into this game, into this, uh, of course. not just line of work, but really, you know, calling, profession, whatever you want to call it. Uh, um, it's really all about the patient-doctor relationship, and no matter what type of medicine you practice. That's what the privilege is of being a physician. I think it might totally. move down to Miami. Well, that's a separate note. <laughs> that's right. Love it. It's terrible Love up it. here. But um, we can talk to you forever. It's been great. Yeah. So um, Thank we, you, guys. Thank you for the yeah. opportunity. And, uh, you know, I, like I said to Serge, when I decide to make it up there when I get a chance, I'm looking forward to meeting you guys in person. We'll, just we'll just bring some Botox for me and Coleman. That would be helpful. You got it. Maybe. And Scrotox. You got <laughs> it. Scrotox. You, should, you have to trademark that now. Yeah, and then trademark. I looked. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, this was... <laughs> We're happy to have Dr. Jason Shapiro. Imagine if our podcast had that as a uh, sponsor. That would be something. What? Scrotox? <laughs> Scrotox. Sponsored by Scrotox. That, 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 we, could have, we, could, we could discuss that all day, I think. <laughs> We're edit, edit points, right? <laughs> That's right. So thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us at holyname.org slash recommended daily dose. We will see you soon. Find us on iTunes and Spotify. Thanks again to Dr. Jason Shapiro. Until next time, from Teaneck, New Jersey, be well. Check out recent episodes and learn more about these two modern medicine men and their podcast at holyname.org slash recommended daily dose.